Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D podcast. And I have a very, very special guest. And um, I'm definitely taking the listeners in a different direction. Um, before we even say anything, we have to just list the achievements that we have in the studio today. She is from the University of New Mexico. She is a track and field alumni, conference champion in 2015. And although coming short, she competed hard in the 2016 outdoor track and field championships. In the studio, listeners, we have athletic and fitness training with a master's degree in sports, law and business. We have none other than Samantha Bowie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? What a great um, introduction. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm doing good. I mean, um, it's, it's funny. I think we're going to get into it in, in, in terms of um, when I came across your page, I definitely saw my athletic career in you, but it wasn't as, um, I didn't compete as high as you competed, but it definitely kind of reminded me, but you know what, before I actually did basketball, I actually loved track and field, so it was quite uh, funny how I came across your page. Oh wow, that's awesome. So, before we get into, um, you know, the athlete that you are right now, could you just kind of just take us back into, you know, those first stages of you being exposed to sport and athletics? Yeah, sure. So, um, I was pretty much born into a very athletic family. I have three older brothers. My dad played a little bit in the NFL. My two of my older brothers played college football. And so just growing up, I was always going to sporting events, baseball games, basketball games, things like that. And I was just a little daredevil of a child. And so, (laughs) um, you know, I, I had brothers, so I was kind of a tomboy and cheerleading wasn't my thing but I love to flip around so my parents put me in gymnastics I started gymnastics when I was about four years old and I did that until I was 16 so I quit when I was a junior in high school and then I decided to pick up pole vaulting because gymnastics and pole vaulting go hand in hand and lots of gymnasts you know you have that body awareness and the strength and not saying we technically know how to run very well because that. <laughs> right, but um right. yeah, so you know, the next step I was like, I'm gonna try pole vaulting. I wanna have a life. So I started track <laughs> my senior year in high school, ended up walking on to the team at UNM because I was actually very fast and did the four by one, the four by two, the one and the two. Mm-hmm. And um from then on it was just, you know, there was Hello, there's a lot of static. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, And then from then on, it was just, you know, coach's decision. Mm -hmm. Halfway through the first semester I was there, they were basically deciding that there was too many pole vaulters and they needed somebody to do the heptathlon. And so they asked me to do it, and I said yes. And long behold, I picked up on things pretty fast. Wow. Ended up doing very well in that event so so i mean what's it like kind of growing up in a in a sport environment because it's kind of one thing to be the only person that's into sports and you kind of have to drag your parents to like take you to these sport events but having 
you know, your family being in the NFL and there, you know, doing so many different sports. What was that like for you coming up in that type of environment? Um, I think for me, it was just so, I mean, it was just so natural. It was, Mm -hmm. it was fun. It was exciting. I really looked forward to watching my brothers play. Um, I just, I loved it. And it also just taught us so many life lessons and how to be teammates, friends, how to stay dedicated in any task that you do Mm -hmm. and also you know learn how to push through challenges and it just was a it was a lifestyle and I don't I guess I can't really compare to those who didn't grow up with sports because I don't necessarily understand what that life would be like right right you know (laughs) so yeah yeah. um yeah I just really kind of shaped who I am today and I feel like me and my brothers all pretty much have a similar mindset when it comes to life and our careers nowadays. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how does one decide? Because it's quite interesting because for me, I was always interested in sports and never really specialized in anything until in high school when I was probably maybe in year 10 or 11 where I wanted to do basketball so for -hmm. yourself like what was those I don't know contributing factors that you know started from this just being a hobby to know like I actually want to really focus on this sport and really get good at it can you kind of remember that moment that kind of changed everything yeah so you know growing up you watch the Olympics and you have your role models and you want to be just like them so me as a little girl um you know, watching the Olympics, seeing Sean Johnson and Dominique Dawes and all of those girls competing, I always wanted to, one, go to the Olympics. But right. two, I had a pretty realistic expectation that it takes a lot of work to do that. And so then coming down a step, I had the dream of being a college gymnast. Mm-hmm. And I watched, um, it's so funny, I mean, I obviously I didn't end up going to this university, but there were two gymnasts, her name was Ashley Postel, and um, another gymnast, her name was Christina Basquette, and they both competed for the University of Utah, the Utah Utes, and I loved them, and I wanted to be just like them when I grew up, so Mm -hmm. then the step and the goal was just to be a college gymnast, and you know, as a little girl, you dream about what your family's going to be like, right. what your life's going to be like when you're 25. And yeah. so for me, it just kind of became a, a life goal to one, get my college paid for, two, get an education and three, do what I love to do while setting myself up for a future. Right, right. And oh man, um, ah, this is where I kind of tell the listeners my background and it's, um, it's, it's, is my achievement wasn't as big as yours but it was a nice um introduction into just what the track and field world is like because i mm-hmm. mean for me i just started you know how it is um sometimes being at high school the conversation starts from i'm the fastest in my class to mm-hmm. okay i'm the fastest in my year to wait a minute i might be the fastest in my school so it it, it kind of got to that point where i was quite quick out the 100 and 200 meters but then like Samantha when I tell you I got the shock of my life so I get selected 
um, to compete against like different boroughs. So Samantha, I knew I was, <coughs> excuse me, I knew I was out of my league when I got to the track and I'm seeing these guys warm up with like different stretching routines. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm good to go. I got my tracksuit on and my sneakers, let's do this. But they're mm -hmm. just stretching, warming up. I'm like, okay, this is different, but surely I can take them. Oh my goodness. We started with the 100 meters. And here's the thing, I was never quick coming mm -hmm. out the breaks, but I usually catch up eventually. Not, not that day, not that day. When I tell you I got left in the dust and I was like, you know what? I don't I don't think track and field is for me, you know, but it was <laughs> like just to just to be exposed to that level and you're just seeing like the bodies of these athletes, you know, the muscles being defied and stuff. It just really kind of showed like wow, like if I wanted to take a sport or this seriously, this is what the next step looks like plus i think it was mm -hmm. kind of good for me to see where i kind of matched up against you know these people that like, went on to be professionals and stuff so it was definitely a um i open a for me for sure because that in, in environment is just different but for yourself especially in high school what was the competition like in in terms of was your school heavily in involved in competitions or not so much so for gymnastics i did club gymnastics so okay. we didn't have a team in my high school but when i did start to run track there was well um eh, there was a couple of high schools that were pretty competitive with us okay. um El, El Dorado high school was a good one um I'm trying to think of another high school that was pretty competitive for us. Mainly it was that high school and my high school, La Cueva, were rivals. Okay. And so, you know, just that rivalry alone was pretty much everything. And yeah, I mean, competition, unfortunately, in New Mexico, the sports world is not as... Um, intense or I guess accelerated as it would be in a state such as Texas or okay. California so the competition is not that high interesting so it's kind of down to the location that you're in as well kind of has the mm -hmm. part to play in that yeah okay what is that is that down to would you say I don't know is it an um I don't know a lack of interest from athletes or funding or it's, 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 it's just uh, I think everything. it's all in all just it's everything it's a lack of funding it's um, a lack of resources it's a lack of um, a lot of high quality coaching mm -hmm. um, I mean New Mexico isn't the richest state it's it's pretty much kind of on the bottom end right so there's not a lot of funding not a lot of things going into sports I mean it's pretty much kind of a college town. The most exciting thing that we have there is college basketball, college football, and then we do have a AAA baseball team. But, you know, as far as sports goes, it's not not super big and not super competitive. Right, right. Okay, so we're, we're kind of going from a young Samantha, and as she's growing, we're, we're kind of entering the teenage years now so what was the thought process like when you're thinking about one what school you wanted to go to to study at the academic level but 
also what made you want to pick the course that you ended up getting a master's in? Oh yeah, so my whole life I always wanted to be a physical therapist. Okay. I've always been that little girl that loves to help people and make people's lives better and make awesome. people happier. And so um, I loved sports medicine and I really focused on that when I was in high school and then um, trying to logically think about a future, I decided to take the um, physical therapy route when I was going to college. So when applying, those are things that I was looking into, you know, what tests would you have to take to get into schools and things like that. And um, pretty much just as time went on and I was taking courses and I did a lot of shadowing when I was in college. I shadowed a bunch of physical therapists and um, that route was a little too clinical for me. Okay. And so I'm, I'm one that I like things to kind of change and I like things to be exciting and to be moving around. And so, um, I'm the same. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, with that, I kind of hadn't, I just stuck to exercise science as my undergrad degree. And then I decided to take my fifth year in track and in order to take my fifth year I had to start some type of grad program because you had to be enrolled in school and I was already pretty much done with my undergrad degree so I started sports administration Mm -hmm. and throughout that time I knew that I loved sports and I knew what it meant to me growing up and so I figured you know what why not try to pursue a career in sports so started that degree did a semester there when I was done with school, I had lived in New Mexico my whole life, and I really just kind of wanted to change. So I decided to move out here to Arizona, and the closest program to the one that I had started was the sports law and business program. Okay. So that's how I ended up going to ASU and getting my master's in sports law and business. Understand. And first off, hats off to you for even getting that award for masters because that is not easy that is not a piece of cake that is that is something that when i um studied i thought should i get my masters and then i would kind of speak <laughs> with peers about the workload that goes into it i mean oh, university yeah. in 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 general is is a whole another beast because you kind of learn and and even through the podcast i've, I've learned you know players who kind of make that transition from high school to college you know start to realize that the sport that they're in is as well as you focus on the player athletic side is actually a business and you're actually a role model to some of the people from the outside looking Absolutely. in so for yourself mm-hmm. what was that transition like from high school athletics to college athletics and and was you a little bit like what the heck is this or you was able to kind of transition to it quite smoothly. So the competition side of it was not a hard transition for me. Okay. Because as a gymnast, you know, if it was me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. I was flipping around doing scary things. So it wasn't <laughs> scary for me. Okay. Um, the hard part for me transitioning from high school into college was that I didn't know how to do six out of the seven events that they had, you know, transitioned me into. So it was that it was um, getting through that learning curve and getting to the point where I was consistent and I was um, starting to PR and do better. So 
for the most part, it was just me in competition with myself. Love it. Just Love to it. become the best that I could be at my event. Right. And um, the competition was definitely high, and it was mm-hmm. just motivating for me because, you know, I wanted to be the best. So. Right. Right. See, oh, see, I can just tell something like that. See, and and I could I could tell from looking at your um, page. And for the listeners, don't worry. I'm gonna put all of the um, links in the description for you guys to follow Samantha. I can I can tell just from the way you said it that you're cut from a different cloth in in terms of you kind of see your you look in the mirror and you are that competition. But if I can, what um. How did you develop that type of mindset? Because I'm, I'm constantly having this debate with players, coaches, in, in terms of, you know, is that competitive edge, you know, something that is born or, you know, can you be born with that? Or is it something that you kind of just learn al- along the way? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I feel like it could go both ways but I think for me I was born with it because my older brother and I are very competitive Um, we have kind of a very similar mindset same with my father same with my mother Mm -hmm. and so I think that it's part of your personality right and I think that some people have it some people don't and Mm -hmm. I think that also depending on certain life experiences that you have, you can develop it. Right, right. So. I agree. I agree. I think I think it's, it's it's definitely the best of both worlds. But it's yeah, it's a, it's. A, I feel like it's it's just an ongoing debate because I think especially this question kind of sparked after watching the um, Last Dance documentary, and you kind of see just mm-hmm. how much of a um, just a. I don't know what word can describe him. Just a competitive junkie that MJ was, you know? And it's yeah, just absolutely. like, they, they, and even, you know, to the point where um, I didn't even realize this until later on when Usain Bolt was running, I believe, in the 2016 one. And he was literally competing against himself. And even though he came first, the fact that he didn't beat his own PR, he was annoyed at himself, you know? And it's just. Mm-hmm things like that is just it's just insane to see and like players of that level just take their mindset to a whole new level mm-hmm. it's crazy so now we're not speaking to not just one but a two time twice in a row conference champion so before we even speak about you winning it twice what was the journey like leading up to it and what did it feel like winning it the first time oh man I mean it's an amazing feeling to win a championship and just to know that you and your teammates really gave it your all and you came out at the top and Mm -hmm. I mean for me it was it was so important for me to start it off well and to start that mood right because I was the very first person to be competing in any championship the heptathlon starts two days before the actual competition so I always knew that I had to start that energy off right and do the best that I could in my competition to get the ball rolling and um, 
you know, to win the, the indoor championship twice was, I mean, it just was, it was amazing. It's a great feeling. It's a great thing to talk about and to remember. And then just that energy in the stadium, cheering your teammates on, starting from the first event to the very last four by four. It just, it's not, not really comparable to anything else in life. Uh-huh. Does, do you still, I don't know, it's, it's a, a bit of a two-part question, but to be mm-hmm. on that track and you got thousands of fans, you can, you can feel that energy for yourself um, when you was first put into that environment, you know, what thoughts are running through your head? Because me personally, I would have been like, crap, don't mess up, focus on my form, okay, breathe, breathe, okay, let's just go, you can do this, like, <laughs> for yourself, what was being in that type of electric environment like, and what did you kind of learn about yourself as the years went on, and you kind of got used to being in that type of scenery? Let's see. Well, what I learned was that the people in the crowd don't matter mm-hmm. at all. And what mattered to me was that I was able to see my parents' face in the crowd. Understood. As long as I saw them, I was good to go. Right. And then afterwards, it was like, all right, it's your time to shine. Mm-hmm. So you want people to know what you got, what you can do, what you can bring to the table. Like now is the time. Right. And so it just was, it was motivating and inspiring right. to have that energy around you to be in that position that all eyes are on you uh-huh. and people are watching you do what you're best at and although you have your times you have your highs and you have your lows of course of course you know i mean there there were times where you do fail in front of a lot of people and um I guess for me, I just didn't really care what other people thought. I like that. Right. Right. That's the mindset to have. At all, because we're all human. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just important to learn from those situations more than worry about the crowd or or anything. You got to use the crowd to your advantage. Exactly. Exactly. And was it a goal when you won it the first time? Like, okay, we're going to try and do a, a two-peat? Or it's just literally, that's just where the chips kind of happened and you just ended up taking it twice in a row? Because that's a serious uh, feat to achieve, you know, just to refocus, get everyone regrouped. We've done it the first time, but the challenge now is can we be consistent and do it again? Yeah, you know... um, I guess from my standpoint, it was always, you know, score as many points as you possibly can. And because Mm -hmm. track is, it's very individualized, but also it is still a team sport. Right. It was just, you know, I have the ability to score points in multiple events. So if, if I could do that, then that would be fantastic. And so it was just, you know, it was just exciting to one achieve those personal goals but also know that they're attributing and contributing to your team as well uh-huh. and so just you know once you do it once you're you're gonna be hungry to do it again and so um, I mean we had a very strong cross-country team right and, um, it just all kind of came together we were very well-rounded uh-huh. as a team okay and 
especially with your background what would you say is you know the stages of preparation that you take as an athlete that to the general public you know or to the people that's looking from the outside in that they don't even realize some of the stuff that you guys put yourself through Hmm, okay so for me when I would prepare for a big competition I would start at least a week in advance okay and oftentimes for me I had to get my mind right first and so I would start by not necessarily meditating because I didn't know how to meditate back then. I still right. don't, but I want to know. But <laughs> I would do a lot of visualization. Mm-hmm. So I would, before I would go to sleep, I would lay down, I'd close my eyes, I would picture myself doing every event and hitting the marks, hitting the times that I wanted to hit. And along with that, just making sure that I'm getting eight to 10 hours of sleep a night, making sure I'm getting to bed on time, waking up at the same time, staying hydrated, making sure that my body was in tip top shape and ready to go for competition day. Uh-huh. Okay. And just, you know, remembering your goals and knowing why you're there to compete and what you want to get out of it. Right, right. Now you did, and uh, low key, uh, I was a little bit jealous when I saw this post because I was a part of the um, Olympics in 2012 but I was just no more kinda, I was kind of telling people okay you need to go here okay will you need to get to that station okay if you m- make a left there sir you do alright they'll be able to help you but when I saw you actually able to see the uh, Olympic training centre for yourself oh, as an athlete yeah. being in that field like I can only imagine you know, like you may have had a marker for yourself. Okay, I want to reach this level. But after being in that environment and seeing that, you must, because like how you put, it makes me want to be a pro. You know, like I, I mm-hmm. would have said the same thing. So how did that experience come about? We would train at Air Force in the winter. So every okay. time we had, um, you know, our winter break, our indoor track hadn't been built or put together yet they would kind of do it maybe a week or two before the first indoor track meet and so for us all to be together as a team and to train we would take a trip out to um air force in colorado and we would train at their indoor facility for about a week and one of the things that we were able to do on one of our days off is that our coaches took us all to go to the olympic training center and it was it was a really really cool experience wow i mean oh man i I don't it was there anything that kind of surprised you or was it you you were just taking everything in oh um what surprised me I'm not sure anything surprised me, but what mm-hmm. I did love was that they had an area that it was um, kind of like a museum and it had okay. the history of some of the most important and the most prestigious athletes and what they did at what, you know, what year and what competition. And I thought that that was really inspiring to see. And otherwise, it was just really awesome to see the campus and to see where the Olympic athletes slept, trained, ate, worked out. Um, 
and just to see kind of what that life would be like if you were to train on the at the Olympic Training Center and it was just um it was just really cool to oh, know that some man. people are a part of something like that right right you see I could just literally as you were saying it I could just imagine I could I could almost like see you in the next Olympics like all right coming to the track field all the way from the United States we have Samantha Bowie and you're just running <laughs> onto the podium you know oh, so cool. <laughs> oh my goodness now I'm intrigued to know um and it's it's great to see especially from you know seeing players going from playing to coaching athletes going from athletes to coaching skills trainer fitness trainer um how have mm-hmm. you found that transition from being the athlete to now being kind of a step up where you're kind of really understanding the quote-unquote x's and o's like the makeup of player development the right exercises eating regimen sleeping regimen as a fitness trainer how are you Mm -hmm. finding that so far what i have found is that those things aren't stressed enough Mm, i found that i learned so much more by going into the profession i've chosen right and i learned things that i wish i would have known when I was competing. Okay. Would you say you wish you had known? Was it, do you say, like, why do you mean that? I guess, for instance, the main thing was why. Answering the question why. Why is it important to eat your fruits and vegetables? Why is it important to stay away from certain foods like how does this affect your body how does it affect your recovery um you know why is the strength and conditioning program created specifically going to work for you right i felt like i could write myself the best program for my past self right now that would be 10 times better than what i had Based on my event alone and my body type and who I am, I just felt like, you know, as I moved on in life and learned these things, that there could have been a lot of things done differently. Not saying that they were done poorly, but um, as far as strength and conditioning and nutrition, I think that I would have loved to have understood how important it actually really was because I feel like they kind of touch base on it right. but I don't think we truly understand why would you say um, especially in, in, in terms of athletic development um, would you say athletes ask the right questions in, in terms of some of the things that you've spoken about and if they're not asking those questions do you know why perhaps they're not I think a lot of it has to do with the environment and um, how they're raised, I guess, in their household. Because, uh, you know, if your family, based on your ethnicity and your culture, um, the way that certain cultures eat is very different versus another culture. And so socially, I think that growing up, you might not understand Mm-hmm. And you might not be taught, but because it's just, you know, it's your family, it's your 
it's the way that you've you've grown up you don't necessarily understand nor know the difference right and so as far as us asking questions i think that um we don't necessarily know that it's a question to ask because also if you think about it growing up as a kid you could eat whatever you want you know your metabolism is fast and at some point that changes and there's been so many athletes who have left their homes from another country came to the United States the food here is completely different and they all of a sudden gain this weight that they never had before and then they go through that whole struggle of trying to lose it to be back in the shape that they were before and so I think that um, it's just something that really needs to be stressed at a young age and they really need to be educated on it thoroughly instead of briefly right yep yep completely agree completely and only for sports in general i think that people and kids and and young athletes need to understand that it's how you can fuel and properly help your body recover and perform to its best ability and that they need to understand how to do that Mm -hmm. indeed i'm so glad that you said that because especially just sports in general you know it's it's quite funny because um this was a couple years ago i was um teaching some kids and with this program that we was doing it was 50 percent teaching them about the sport of basketball but also the other 50 percent were taking them to the classrooms and we're like teaching them the importance of sleep stretching mm-hmm. routines what you should be eating and when yep. You just see, like, you could just see the kid's jaw drop, like, wait a minute, we have to sleep this much? Wait, stretching is important? You mean I can't just... And to them, it's it's that kind of battle of, well, I mean, I'm 15, 16, coach. Like, I, I can just jump on the court or do whatever and, and feel nice. But I'm like, listen, like, short-term versus long-term. If you look at the great athletes and look at their preparation before and after this is why you kind of see how they've been able to manage certain um injuries or stay without even getting hit you know and it's just Mm -hmm. all about just kind of spreading that information and just really kind of telling the younger generation even some of the more mature Mm -hmm. age, just how important preparation goes into place so yeah definitely important definitely oh my goodness now how would you, because we're in a world where there's a fitness trainer to the left, fitness trainer to the, to the right. There's a basketball coach next door, all over. And and I'm sure you kind of seen, yes, it, it's become popular, but there's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, there's a few misconceptions about fitness, sports, and there isn't really that breakdown of you should do this exercise to work on this muscle versus this exercise to work on that muscle. So for yourself and with your experience, you know, how would you define fitness in in terms of the common misconceptions about it versus what it actually is? I think what people, um, I guess how I would define fitness and how I look at it and the sense of what I want my clients to get out of my programs is, um, you know, form follows function. I want to teach you how to move properly, how to move correctly, because one, 
main thing is to decrease the risk of injury. Right. And, you know, two, to feel great and to feel good and to be able to do the things that you that you want to do. And for me, you know, I'm not out here trying to teach you how to lose weight super quickly or right. how to gain muscle like crazy, you know. I want you to be able to squat properly so that when you do have to go move a couch, you can move a couch and not throw out your back and to do things, you know, like, I I mean, a great example is I don't use, I don't use machines when I'm training people. It's all free weights, anything that can be relatable to normal day life as much as possible. And, um, I think that that's something that lacks nowadays and I think that people focus on superficial things and not about their true well-being and their health worrying about you know the fat around their organs and the things that are going to actually matter which is why you work out um that I guess would be more so for my my general population and as far as the athlete side of things still the same thing you know decreasing that risk of injury and training for the sole purpose of your sport and you know doing strength and conditioning in order to improve those weaknesses that you might have right right and you you kind of touched upon it um earlier in the podcast in in terms of some of the lessons that you learn through sport if you could just expound on that and and also what have you learned about yourself through all those experiences through the ups through the downs you know being at the um, olympic training center winning two in a row getting your masters what what i don't know has there been anything that's kind of surprised you and you've been like oh like i'm actually this person or i can actually get through this you know I mean, I think that the main thing is that anything that, as cliche as it is, anything that you put your mind to, you can do it. Right. And if you have a goal, okay, here's here's my best answer. Everything that's happened to me in my life, I did not plan. Mm. And as many times as I tried to plan it out and to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do, it's not happened. So I guess the best thing that I have learned is that you should and always try to set yourself up for opportunity. So put the effort in, make yourself known, do what you can do to learn, give yourself the opportunities and the doors that are meant for you will open. Right. And I think that that's what what was the main thing for me. One, I thought I was going to be a college gymnast. I ended up not being a college gymnast. Thought I was going to be a pole vaulter. Didn't end up being a pole vaulter. Ended up doing the heptathlon. Thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Didn't end up being a physical therapist. Never thought I would be a trainer or a coach. Ever. And then, you know, here I am. Never thought I would be an entrepreneur. But I guess that's my, that's the biggest things that I've learned. (laughs) Right. Right. And uh, um, how, how was the, um, have you been more active than ever during this um, COVID run or, you know, your schedule hasn't been affected too much? My schedule hasn't been affected too much. Um, 
yeah so i've i've been able to to maintain everything pretty well okay that is all cool that is all cool and just before we finish up um is there any in in terms of how you was developed as an athlete would you say if you could is there anything that you would like to see change just in in terms of how athletes how players are being developed i guess i would touch back on um my comments earlier about the importance of nutrition the importance of strength and conditioning and recovery right and um making sure that those things were stressed heavily right from the very beginning and continue to be stressed throughout an athlete's career Mm -hmm. because i think that really you know the best of the best they have that on lock and they have that side of things down right and i think that for many many athletes that if they understand the importance of those two things that they will perform so much better and do better and be healthier and feel better and I think that that's something that I would have loved to have had while I was a college athlete right right and you did say it um earlier we are speaking to a athlete a fitness trainer and a entrepreneur and um just if you could just talk about um your drip by sam and what your platform offers for athletes and what's the feedback been like also oh wow so drip by sam there are two of us so my business partner her name is samantha evans she is currently evans yep shout out sammy she is currently (laughs) training for the olympics she is a triple jumper awesome and her and I just really clicked. We have, you know, the same values, the same type of mentality when it comes to training and how we want to teach our clients. And, you know, we were just kind of thinking what's something that we love to do that we can turn into a lifetime business. And right. so we started our business Drip by Sam. And basically we have a large variety of programs. Mm-hmm. Anything from, you know, a fitness novice to the advanced athlete. We have body weight workouts for people just beginning. We have a sports performance program that focuses on, you know, speed lifting, power lifting, agility, recovery, all of the things that you would need for a great sports performance program. And we have gym programs. We're currently working on a pregnancy program. So for our business, we're just kind of trying to have a big genre and a library of things that can be appealing to everybody and anybody. Right. Right. Oh, man. That's, um, man, that's, that's, is that, that must be super exciting. One, to have your own business because now you're really able to kind of teach some, the lessons that you've learned but also make the small tweaks in terms of give back to the players and highlight some of the things that you wasn't given when you was younger also and yeah, you know absolutely. what's um wow like what's i mean the sky's the limit and fingers sure crossed is. that um sammy will be representing in the olympics for 2021 i believe it's going to be mm-hmm. in 
Tokyo. So, oh man, yeah. like that, that could you just ex, ex explain how that's been for her and the training regimen and just in general to compete for the Olympics? You know, I don't think people realize how much that takes, you know? It takes a lot of time and energy. I mean, I have watched her grind since I met her. And wow. one thing that people need to realize is that, you know, track and field doesn't have a lot of money involved in it. And unless you're the best of the best, sponsorships aren't coming your way and they're very, very hard to get. So I watch Sammy work for hours, wow. then train, then, you know, focus on her nutrition and I've seen her be exhausted. I've seen her put in all of the hours. I've seen her fall down. I've seen her make her way back up. And she still stayed strong and stayed determined and did not give up. Right. And um, I mean, it's been a battle for her and she's still sticking with it. And I, I hope the best for her. And I think that this year's gonna be an amazing year. Indeed. And, you know, it's, it's very hard when you've gone to competing on to your, you know, on your own as a professional athlete, when you don't have a sponsorship, you don't have necessarily, you know, the Olympic Training Center to train at. So right. she has her coach out here in Arizona and um, she's very, very, very self-determined. And I think that that is the best thing about her. Right. The reason why she's where she's at today. Indeed, and and I can already know what that household is going to be like because when I was watching the Olympics, you would have thought that Usain Bolt was my older brother. The, the the amount of support and how crazy we was going when he was running. So I can only mm -hmm. imagine when she's doing her thing. Oh man, Samantha's going to be going crazy. Let's, let's go! Screaming! Oh at my her. god, I Top can't wait! <laughs> I can't wait! <laughs> I'm gonna be ecstatic. I'm probably gonna cry a couple of times too. She's gonna be a mess. I'm gonna be a mess. Oh my goodness. Now, um, so for those who are um, interested in your program and want to know more, where can they find you? So you can find us. We have a webpage. It's www.drip dash, not dash, the, the little sideline what do you even call that oh hyphen hyphen okay got you so www.drip hyphen by sam.com or our instagram is at drip underscore by underscore sam both of those places are very great places to contact us and um we're pretty consistent with responding and getting back to people so um the website obviously explains all of the things that we offer and um our Instagram is just a lot of fun. A lot of fun, cool posts we put on there. That's what's up. That's what's up. And the final question I have for you, Samantha, is why is sports and fitness so important to you? It's so important to me because there's so much meaning, so many lessons, so much fun behind sports and fitness right and I think that the human body is an amazing thing it's so complicated it's so cool the way that it works is I mean I'm fascinated by it and so 
to know how to prepare yourself and how to do certain things and create programs that can help somebody achieve a goal was just so exciting for me. And so, you know, I just, I love the challenge of it. I love the science behind it. And I think that it's such a huge part in life, not only just for sports and for fitness, but for those who like to do outdoor activities, for those who want to play basketball with their kids, um, you know, just life in general and being able to move. Right. Movement. Exactly. Exactly. That's human movement. Best perfect answer. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, Samantha, right? And you you heard it here first, okay? We're gonna be celebrating next year, 2021. Samantha's gonna get that gold. Samantha's gonna be screaming in the back. I'm gonna be on TV like, oh my gosh, she actually did like it's gonna (laughs) be crazy. So you heard it here first, guys. On the Coach G podcast, we are celebrating early, okay? Because especially someone like that who puts in the hard work I don't think you know people realize like when someone broke it down to when you look at some of these athletes they train four years sometimes Mm -hmm. more just for like a 10 second race or 50 second race like people Mm -hmm. don't let like people don't think about that you know and and yeah they don't understand the sacrifices the sacrifices you can't go out drinking with your friends can't be up late you know, lots of things you sacrifice in your social life in order to be a successful athlete because, right. you know, every day right. matters. Oh, man, perfection has to be at the highest level because I, I think the fortunate thing about me with the sport that I specialize in, I can take a time out and be like, all right, guys, look, we need to do this, this, this. But if you want to try, you can't be like, Rev, give me a second. All right, I need to do that. Like, there is none of that. You literally need to be on point, ready, you know, so oh man, yeah. hats off to you guys and the and the fellow athletes that are locked on for sure. For sure. Goodness me. So guys, this is myself, Coach D, with the wonderful athletic quick out the gates. Could probably beat me in a foot race any time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know about that but... anymore, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I reckon for sure you still got it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> This is myself and Samantha Bowie signing out.